0: Loves Tony's balls. <laughs> hey, we're gonna have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> all your alliance mates are gonna be pissed. Right.
1: But see, I'm not being hated, I'm just making an
0: observation. All- I think you are. You're, you sound pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Relics of War podcast, episode number 113. This is the podcast about Guild Wars, Guild Wars 2, and the Guild Wars community on the whole. I'll be your host today. My name is Ryan. You can call me Cole if you think that's necessary. With me, I also have Eric. Hello, hello. We have Justin. Hello. And we have Evie. You're still going by Evie, is that right? I guess so. And hi! Okay, cool. Um, Yes, and if there are any amendments to names, just let me know. Otherwise, I guess we'll just, like, shoot forward. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the mega-servers and some articles from Kill 10 Rats uh, on how the mega-servers played out and stuff like that. And we're going to be doing guild missions tonight, so... Um, but I guess just to preface this whole thing, how's everybody's week been? I know Eric and I are both fighting sinus infections, so I apologize if I sound like Robert Kulowicz, or whatever his name is, from Radiolab. I, on the other hand, do not apologize you don't? Is it, It's making your voice more bass, and that's good enough more for you? More
2: deep and attractive.
0: Relics of ore. So what's for dinner? I, I I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll just move on from that. So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into things. So, uh, wait. What does uh, the mega server discussion uh, fall under? We didn't, like, I got to use a bumper here. Damn it. Patch, do we just patch Adams again? Yeah, let's patch Adams it. They're squirrels. They're one of the most amiable creatures on the planet. Oh, no, they're not. On the list of hostile
2: predators, they're right above the bottom, just above baby chicks and slugs.
0: What could they possibly want? You're nuts? <coughs> All right. So, uh yeah, mega servers. Uh, the rollout is complete. I thought it was going to take longer for them to do this. Uh, did you guys get that impression, too? I thought it was going to be like guesting, was it, launch? Months and months of problems and problems and, yeah. Yeah, they said that they were going to be testing it out and seeing how it plays out, and instead it was like the first week after this patch. Ta-da! Everything's a mega server.
2: Yeah, I was pretty surprised about that. It was, uh, I was, yeah, I was definitely on the Eevee, Eevee side of things, going, oh yeah, this is going to take, like, you know, holy, three, four Holy months. crap, you guys. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt the podcast. I just got the
1: legend by throwing a bunch of exotics at the person with all the luck. Are you serious? I shit you not.
0: Oh this, so my god. So that crap. happened...
1: During the recording. This is the best Relics of War ever.
0: Yeah, just to tell everybody what just happened, he's been talking about how he has this friend who just has the best luck. Like, in less than 100 tries on the Mystic Forge, he got two precursors and got two precursors from RNG drops. So he decided to throw, you know, some crap at his friend and say, here, just get me a precursor. You just got it. I'm telling you, this game does not really have. The RNG is still random, but it comes in pockets of more favorable randomness and less favorable. Like, how the hell does a guy do fractals for months, and then uh, in two weeks, all of a sudden, finally gets his first armor chest drop, and then four others right after that? Well, you know,
2: I, I,
1: oh my god, yeah, yeah. And this guy, okay, so this guy has gotten three from the pre or from the from the forge, and in ver- in like n- probably as many attempts as I've done total, which and I've gotten none, and he's gotten two random drops, and he said, "I'll always offer the." I will always offer to throw throw exotics into the forge for people if you give me exotics. And so I said, you know what? Screw it, because I was angry. And I gave him a bunch of exotics. And then I got mad because the system suppresses excessive messaging after sending two mails, and I needed to send him like eight. And uh, and
0: uh, now I'm happy. So that's awesome. Which uh, which precursor did you just get? The legend. Oh, that's I, what is the legend for? I've never heard of that. Staff. One. Staff. Oh, you're getting the beef roast. The what? The Bifrost. bifrost. The Bifrost. What? Uh, so that's not people a word. pronounce
2: it bifrost is like a weird broken pronunciation. It. Nah, it's uh, roast uh, beef. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
2: I actually had this is a, this is an interesting thing. I had a friend who uh, actually talked to devs in another game where he saw the same thing. It was Star Trek Online. Uh, he knew a guy who got just ridiculous drops and stuff and he talked to the devs about it and apparently just the way that rng timing and stuff works and the way that the cipher works for it there is possibilities to where you will get pockets of people that are inexplicably lucky because the cipher based on whatever random things when they created their characters and all this other stuff actually will favor people and i've no, and there's no idea how there's no real way to actually tell how this works but there's some weird cipher out there that just based on time and where your char-
0: and like some random integer in your character, it actually buffs your RNG. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, that's my word of advice to people: if you get lucky, like super lucky, doing one thing, go don't repeat delete that character. Yeah, that too.
1: Yeah, I I mean I've noticed it in a ton of in a ton of games. Like it seems like some people just are hot all the time, and other people, you know, round out that average on the curve by never getting anything and uh yeah i i look like i've bypassed uh the, the
0: rules of reality here nice work <gasps> uh, i all need your friend's name in game by the way <laughs> so what are you guys thinking of uh the mega servers in general um uh for me personally i've really liked them in the fact that i haven't had too many problems with the algorithm that's supposed to group you either with your friends your party or your guild, like, there's kind of a tiered system there that it tries to group you with. But when we go to do guild missions, there are some logistics in there that are seriously problematic, and we'll get to that. What do you think of just generally, though?
3: Generally, it's amazing. I mean, ore has never been this bumpin'. Yeah, I'm
1: totally digging it, and especially—and part of this is because Lion's Arch is gone, but— um... I I actually enjoy the fact that all the cities are, are full of people again, and I mean we can talk about a little bit of pros and cons with that later. But overall, I'm I'm totally
0: digging it. I did notice I was in uh, Radisson and there was the dude over there saying, um, uh, "Rotating cog, a master's no fight And there was this person over there who was like saying weird things. I'm like, what's going on? I was this person like say, being real polite? And then I realized, oh, there people who role play have nowhere to go. So this dude's just playing in the mega server. And I felt kind of bad for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the community that's getting hit the hardest by this, I
2: think. Yeah, there's several uh, posts on Reddit where someone's like, I'm just trying to RP, why can't I? Where is everyone? That's where you need a district system, where the RP people say, District 3 is always RP all the time.
3: Well, I mean, sure, that would work. I don't know, like, the technicalities behind this server system, ain't it? or their provider has set up right now. But in truth, do we really need mega servers in cities? Because there's
0: not, like, any kind of PvE content going on there. They could still be server hubs. I think what they may be trying to establish, though, is a feeling for newer players and stuff, like, this game is not dying. So when you go to the cities, there are lots of people, and so they go, cool, you know, this is a populated game. Well, and
1: this is basically the easiest way to do server merges without people getting like up in arms about the game dying cuz anytime you see server merges everybody flips out and that's mm-hmm. basically what mega servers are.
2: Mega servers are basically Which...
1: just a server merge that is more clever and like has a lot better PR behind it and you know it has other benefits obviously but um I mean my server was definitely feeling empty in a lot of places and you know that feeling's completely gone and I think there were a lot of servers like that.
2: Which does raise some interesting questions because I haven't really seen too many people freaking out about the server, the mega server concept. Most people are actually positive about it.
0: Yeah, I think um, outside of guild missions, the biggest complaint I have, thank God I just got myself, like I built a new computer off of PCPartPicker.com, and... um it's got a solid state in it and stuff like that, so my load screens are drastically reduced. Before that, just like a month ago, I was playing on a computer where to load into Lion's Archer and Fields took probably around anywhere from 30 to 40 seconds. It was just ridiculous. And I can't imagine if, like, to go check to see if COE is open or COF, I had to go Waypoint 2, the only open, you know, three or four Waypoints there, and then go to the dungeon when it is open, Jiminy Christmas. That would have been a pain, so... Um there are I'm sure there are still people out there like that with the same problem that I had and what are they doing right now they're probably just biting their nails and getting pissed off. It uh every
3: single time there's a hotfix I'm deleting that stupid little file in
0: my folder to try and reduce my load times. Oh, you're still in that boat. Okay. So, has that hit you pretty hard? Like, it, do you even bother to open dungeons? It, if my load times are generally over a minute now, Oh, my God.
3: Wow. I have actually noticed that my load times have gone way up,
2: and I'm really seriously considering putting a solid-state drive into my new computer. I think it's worth it, but that's, I mean, just in general, I think it's great to put your games that you really
1: care about load times on an SSD, because they're getting pretty cheap these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I've got two in my old computer, so it shouldn't be too much of an issue. H-
0: Oh yeah. yeah! Like if if you have an install, this is a general tip for people. If you decide I'm going to switch to a solid state, you can literally grab your Guild Wars 2 folder and copy it to the solid state and just run it.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about Guild Wars 2 and Guild Wars 1 is that it's you know, portable. They... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's no registry nonsense. Like you just you just put it in a folder and you
0: run it. You may have to, I've seen a couple situations where you had to run it as administrator the first time, or it doesn't, it kind of flakes out a bit, but it's no big deal there. So um, we have some possible solutions here as far as the contested waypoints.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the main thing is that as a consequence of this, um, since they don't know what server instance you're going to land into, they made the decision that, they would just make every waypoint that was contestable appear contested because previously when you were on your own server you know it would say oh you're on Yak's um you know these waypoints are contested on yakspend but now they can't do that because they don't know where you're going to land at any given time and so as a consequence especially in places like or where almost everything is contestable it's really kind of annoying to waypoint into those maps because if you Like, you have to waypoint again, and that hits people that have bad loading times, especially harsh. Um, And it's also annoying for dungeons where dungeon entrances can get contested and things like that. Um, And. Um, yeah, we were just sort of spitballing it, and I feel like a better solution is to just make it look as though every waypoint is open on the map, because before, sometimes, especially with overflows, you could try and load into, say, Frost Gorge on that default waypoint that everybody goes to for Jormag, and you'd load in, and then it would say, oh, this waypoint's contested. And obviously, that didn't happen while you were you know, loading in. It was contested, the server just didn't necessarily know that when you clicked it, and so... Yeah, I think that that would be a better solution to just like let you go where you need to go, and then say, "Oh, you need to clear this out before you can actually do it while you're in the map." Hmm. Um. And I mean, the you know when we were spitballing it, the major the major con to that, I guess, is that you know you can spawn somewhere that's not safe, and that could be frustrating for newer players. But this is mostly a problem in high end zones anyway, and most players don't care that much. And as Eric pointed out, there's a there's no repair cost anymore. So if you die, like it's not the end of the world, and odds are it's going to be the same number of zone loads as it is now in the worst case that if you load in and die.
0: Yep. So really? yeah, There's nothing I to think lose that, would, in that
1: yeah, I feel like that would be a better solution. And yeah, it's a little bit illogical, I guess, but so is saying everything is contested until you're in the
3: map. So Well, I mean, it could be like a whole risk thing. Sure the thing's contested, but that's the risk of going to someplace contested. you might die and that's it yeah
1: well but the thing is you wouldn't know that it's contested
3: like under this plan they would just all appear
1: uncontested until you were in the map so that it could know whether or not they were contested keep it interesting
3: contested and lets you teleport there
1: but well but they can't they don't know i mean it but that might not be contested either i mean they, they could do that too i guess but then they'd have to have different tech for like i i'm going to assume that the tech for deciding whether or not you can waypoint is tied to the icon that's like the icon and status that's being used. And so if your map thinks it's contested, it won't let you warp there. Whereas if they just tell everybody that all the, all the maps are open, then it'll let you warp there and then tell you after the fact that you can't, just from a programming side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. As far as guild missions go, now this is the big one. So for rushes, I don't see a problem with it, because, I mean, anybody gets credit for them. But um, take, for example, the challenge where you have to kill the, or you have to kill, I wish you could kill the quaggan, where you're actually escorting the quaggan, uh, and they don't get killed by the crate, which is still fun to watch anyway. Um. only one guild can do that at a time as far as i've ever seen and so that's a big problem because they have all these guilds kind of just waiting in line and our guild has in the past worked with other ones to still do that one and we just kind of swap back and forth but that's between like two or three when you're trying to coordinate with like eight or nine of them this gets to be a really big problem and instead people spend more time ferrying um do you guys have any do you know of any other challenges that are affected by that or guild uh events in general not
1: any specific ones off the top of my head but it's definitely something even even if it even if more than one can do it in theory sometimes it is kind of frustrating for it to become sort of a fuster clock and like where you can't you know you, you basically get like pub scrubs or something like that that um, that do that and I mean they've said that a, a district system is sort of outside the purview of their coding which I think is kind of frustrating. Um, But I feel like it would solve so many of these issues because, you know, being able to select where you're going, I mean, yeah, that fixes it for our peers, And, yeah, that fixes it for uh, guild missions. And, you know,
0: well, yeah, anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. And there's even the issue of another challenge. You have the one where you go and you kill the, the crystals where all those corrupted um, things are. Um, that one, a person can kick it off for their guild only on accident, which I've done when I meant to share it with another guild. And so then you're stuck again because you're waiting. So, I mean, it's not even just one guild challenge necessarily. Under the right conditions, it could cause problems for, you know, any guild challenge in general. So I think for guilds just on the whole, I mean, for bounties, this is going to be a problem now. I remember back when guild missions first started, there was one troll guild on our server who still exists and uh, when we would say in in MapChat, hey, has anybody seen the bounty? They would ping a waypoint that was completely across the map from where it really was because I guess they didn't want people to scale it up or something. So it's, I don't know, it opens it up to griefing quite a bit as well. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to think of any, like, a fix that you would have other than districts then, if that's outside the purview of their coding. Yet. I
2: know that it's also had some issues like Tequadal Terror Squad, has had some difficulty organizing to quaddle kills. Yeah, oh. that can be a thing too.
3: Which is a big issue considering the amount of organization you need to do to quaddle and uh, whatnot. I feel like another and this isn't quite in the same
1: level of how good it would be but one thing they could do is if they could open up the guild interface so that if you right clicked on it you could join in their server even if you weren't in their party. Because I believe you can't do that right now and that would help a lot for these guild based things cuz ferrying people is so cumbersome and so tedious and it just feels like you're fighting the system and it would be a lot easier if you could just say everybody join the guild leader server oh yeah that would be nice
2: and they do have you know a lot of different options i think that that would definitely be a really nice way to do that i yeah
0: so uh, i guess in general our consensus is this is, is a change for the better it's good but it has some serious drawbacks that hopefully they can resolve
1: yeah, it's got some, it's got some wrinkles that I feel are resolvable and, you know, yeah, the the problems with it are not that huge, but when, but when they are problems, they're pretty annoying.
0: Yeah. All right. So with this uh, recent patch, also, there were a lot of changes to professions and we talked about this a bit last week with uh, Nike, but uh, we're going to talk about balance as far as how our main professions feel. So I don't know. How do you guys want to handle this? You want to just talk about your mains and say how you feel the differences between before and now?
3: Are we talking PvE or PvP? Whatever you
0: want. Okay,
3: I am very happy that thieves are now tier 1 at something in tournaments. Even if it is uh forward assault. Or, well, that's not what it's actually called. But that's what I like to call it. And I'm just waiting for the inevitable nerf to the new stealing trait. Because five stacks of confusion is so ridiculous oh my goodness in pvp that'd be terrifying yeah the new grandmaster trait and trickery whenever you steal you apply five stacks of confusion
0: now is that just in pvp where pve it's one i know they do that a lot
3: i'm pretty sure it's the same both ways oh okay but confusion in pve is kind of meh
1: yeah, it's pretty it's pretty lackluster because of how often mobs attack and how much hit points they have and all that
3: jazz. Well, it's it's mostly because of how often they attack.
1: Yeah, it's the combination. Like, yeah, the fact that your your confusion might get one-proc
0: is, mm-hmm. you know, frustrating. I think with the patch um for my professions, the three that I've been playing the most lately are elementalist, mesmer and warrior. Uh, We talked about it last week. Mesmer felt like they got hit pretty hard with the Empowered Mantras build, but I wasn't really running that as much anyway because I just don't play well with mantras. Um, but, just in general, you see the Mesmers talking about how Mesmers got hit hard, but you still see them in everything. And I think that's because of just how much utility they bring regardless. They still strip boons off, you know, in PvE, for example, if you're doing COE, uh, they're stripping boons off of all these boss mobs that you need to strip them off of. And they've got all the, it's, it's not the best reflection in the game any, anymore, in my opinion, if it was before. Um, uh, but they just, they're versatile enough that I still feel like they kind of set a par for what arena net should look for when they're trying to make a diverse profession. And then for the warrior, I think it was just all around good. They they made it so that being, you know, an an axe warrior, while your auto attack is still the majority of your damage, there's still kind of there's a there's some thinking going on there to actually maximize it. You're still going to do crazy damage just if you're brain dead. But if you're actually, you know, paying attention to this stuff, you really make you make a lot of use of uh, even the sword, for example, now. You get to use torment. That's pretty sweet. I I still say that warriors,
3: like Axe Mace and Axe Sword, are probably the most complicated TPS rotations in the game.
0: Yeah, it it took me a while to get used to. Um, I was actually figuring it out, and I had it pretty well figured out. And then I noticed that uh, Death and Taxes had a video where Nike went in and actually went through the rotation pretty clearly in Heart of the Mist's. And so it turned out I had it pretty much close to what he was doing, Uh, but yeah, it's basically don't interrupt your your main you know your attack chain, so you have to wait for triple chop to finish. And that was pretty cool to to you know see how when you time it so that you go and do this and then that, and when you you know do your burst.
2: Chance, oh, go ahead. I
0: was just gonna say that the only class I would think has a more complicated rotation than warriors are probably elementalists. Yeah, unless you are doing the staff, Ellie, and then it's it's. It's a ton of damage. I bottlenecked some dudes in P- in World vs. World right before the show. You wouldn't believe the numbers, and I had people pissed off at me. And staff are a thing in PvP now. They're really good bunkers. Yeah, yeah, they can be. They're, it's, it's kind of funny that it's like that same weapon, but you can either be a bunker or this insane glass cannon.
2: That's actually really cool. I like how you can get the diversity just based on how you want to build the character. Now... Do you still go Zerker for everything, or does that change significantly? No, you stat-wise?
3: don't Zerker for a bunker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah. So what's,
3: a, so what's the standard bunker? Do you just go soldiers then? Some go soldiers because of how quickly, not quickly, because of how soon it's been since the patch. There's no quote-quote defined meta yet, but from what I've seen, the bunkers are all going either soldier... Or um, the one with condition damage and health, I can't remember the name of it. Carrion?
2: Oh, Carrion. Really? That is not what I would expect.
3: Um, Why condition damage? Carrion's mostly for Engineers and Necromancers, though.
2: Right, yeah, that's that's a pretty standard one. But So is that because you're spending so much time in Earth and you want to buff your bleeds?
3: I, I honestly don't know, because I don't play an Elementalist in PvP. I would assume so. And... Um, fire does have good burning on a staff.
0: We should, uh, see yeah. if washed ones to write in and explain this one then. He's the LA guy, isn't he? Yes. So there's your invitation, Matt, if you're listening. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but for the PvE staff build, for those of you that don't know what Basic Rundown is, this one is all Berserker. You get a staff, you just max out your fire tree, and the idea is you're just going to be casting Lava Font like crazy. You're going to use the Fiery Retreat, but you're going to face backwards and like do it into the wall, basically like you do with the Fiery Greatsword. And uh, you you give out so much might and fury with this build. It's just ridiculous how fast stuff dies. Um And people at first were like, yeah, but it's not going to be viable in fractals. Yeah, it is. You're going to go down quite a bit, no matter how good you are, because things will focus you at times, and you just don't have much. I mean, you're an Ellie to start with, but with how much damage you're causing along the way and how much you're enabling others to do damage, you are making up for going down every once in a while. Yeah. Although, it It's looking more like the go-to Fractal build
3: for Elise's becoming Dagger Focus, which is strange.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know nothing about that one.
3: It's because of the new Evade and the buffs to Focus way back to make it more defensive. You can still put out really decent damage because it's Dagger and Dagger's good at damage Mm. and have relatively decent defense in form of uh, projectile blocking and just uh, and wounds and things like that, so you can stay alive and just keep doing damage. It's it's more of a pressure thing than a burst one.
0: Okay. Um, speaking of bunkers, though, um, guardian. Like I, all of us have a guardian. All of us have played one. Wait, do you have one, Eric?
2: I do. I have an eighty. Oh, there you go. It was my third eighty.
0: So we all have guardians, and they, you know, they've seen a fair their fair share of changes. Um, but the big one it looks like is the three k HP. Buff for world versus world
1: that's one of them They're i mean that's the big one for me that i have some use for just because i mean guardians already kind of have low hit points and that's a fairly subsized, substantial um you know increase in hit points and you know survivability in worldview world is kind of king but um i think there's some other ones maybe for spvp but i don't really do that too
3: much to speak on that
0: i for pve it doesn't look like they've had many changes I would
3: say that probably the biggest thing with them now is the new retaliation trait in the second line, uh, Radiance, I believe. Because of the, uh, basically, domination of condition damage in PvP and World, v. World, that trait is coming out to be very strong, particularly with Dire Gear. I've been hearing people talk a lot about Dire Gear, even some
0: Thieves. Thieves in Dire Gear are ridiculous in World World right now. Yep, yep. I was uh, in World vs. World earlier, and I got gibbs because I was still glass cannon. And um, so there were like three people just waiting around me. I'm not sure what they were doing. And all of a sudden, this thief just comes in, and he starts rezzing me. He's not even fighting them. And they're like, what the hell? So they start attacking him, and the dude ended up killing all three of them. Just, and he's all this just to res me. And I'm like, dude, you just did that for fun. You didn't care if I actually lived. And he's like, yeah, it's just this Dire Gear. This new build is awesome.
3: And earlier today, I was talking to uh, knights and he was talking about how himself and two Ellie's were fighting a Necromancer, and the Necromancer killed both of the Ellie's before it even hit 75% health, and he just barely managed to down the uh, Necromancer on his warrior, and he had to use his uh, down three skill
0: to take him out. I'm seeing a lot of necros in World vs. World right now, it, and it's because I've, of dire. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say I've always loved necro in World v. World. Just like they, the area, the area damage they can do, and or control, and the the amount of survivability that you have. I mean, if you have a dire build, or I mean, what I had before was the um, uh, condition damage, power, vitality gear. If you have that, and you pop plague, like. You, you can just literally walk alone through giant zergs and not go down because of the stability and the massive hit point increase, and yeah, it's so necros are incredibly fun in World v. World, at least for me.
2: So Dyer definitely trumps, like, uh, Rabid, which was pretty popular beforehand. Oh, yeah. Because survivability yeah. is just so
1: important in World v. World. Yeah, and the people have sort of moved away from the um, runes of the undead, I believe it was, that gave you the condition damage for your precision. And, for your toughness. Or that, Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, and um, to some extent have also moved away from the sigil that procs on crit, the sigil of Earth. Um, so if you take those away, then there's really nothing... Like You don't need to crit if you're not going for an on crit effect, and... Um, yeah just the amount of survivability increase while still keeping your condition damage your primary stat and the ability to elongate your condition duration through runes and or food and or you know other things like that is um you know overall just you you're so survivable and you do really good damage over time very nice Uh, i'm
2: gonna have to mess with that because i have not been playing my necro very much i've been mostly leveling guys since the patch
0: have Necro's seen any changes for PVE? Uh, like the only thing I think they're useful for at the moment uh, in progression content is Jade Ma.
1: Um, I mean, nothing. They still haven't fixed the condition cap. It's not really that detrimental in dungeons. I mean, depending on your build, obviously. But I run sort of a hybrid build with Wells, um, so I don't quite step on people's toes as much because I'm not doing like the the BIP epidemic um spike that other people are. So I've even run in groups with other Necros and focused more on the CC aspects um and the, you know, the boon stripping and and that kind of stuff. So it's really it's the big open world content that Necros are just kind of
3: hosed for. What about the um berserker death shroud build? Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think actually the,
2: there were several bus, buffs to death shroud, not huge ones, but there was some interesting stuff, like the ability to heal and Death Shroud and that sort of thing helps a little bit. Um, not massive, but I would say that, yeah, you still have pretty reasonable Death Shroud functionality.
1: And, I mean, they changed Doomfire, so if you were going down that line already, which some builds were, um, you know, it'll it'll now automatically proc in Death Shroud so you don't need the crit. So, in a yeah. sense, that hurt it, but in the sense, like, they were already going into Death Shroud if they were using that trait i don't really know though i haven't actually run a zerker gear um on my necro since launch because it was so terrible back then that i just said f it so i know they're good now but
2: i'll have to experiment more with my necro and get back to you on that uh but i'm gonna try and run some condi stuff in pve and see just how terrible it is still and minions still suck so there's that well, that's the that's an ai that's thing
0: a- more than anything else Yeah, and that's what sucks. Also, is that um, in order to actually test stuff after a patch like this, um, if you want to test it in PVE properly, you kind of have to build the set, and that takes a lot of time and effort. Um, and it's I don't know, you know, you're making the gear for it. At least you don't have to retrade for it now, you know, and spend the money there. But that's like three silver savings.
3: I I really think that that's going to be the next thing that they tackle with sort of promoting build diversity is just the way that gear is right now i i really hope so because it's really the only obstacle that's left
2: do you think that they'll move to an unlock system where you unlock stat sets for p- each piece of armor
3: or just unlock stat sets across the board maybe I, I i really don't know i'd love to see them put the legendary functionality on ascended gear and allow you to swap stat sets on exotics with a bit of a low price or something like that
1: yeah i mean i would love to see it go that direction i don't know if they will because gear is kind of one of the yeah i don't know we'll see i i it would be very guild wars feeling for me
0: but i don't i don't know if that's the direction they want to go yeah, it's kind of what they use to get people to keep playing and doing specific content, is that want for gear, you another you one think for skills. At the same help.
3: point, how many people are making multiple sets of gear, really?
0: Then nobody. They're just settling on Berserker, pretty much. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm not saying they shouldn't. I want them to do that badly. I'm just seeing why they may not. All right, Um, there are a few professions we haven't covered uh, also, but we'll probably uh, touch on those as the shows go on. So uh, let's jump into... You guys want to talk about lore? Should I just take a nap? Uh, a lore I,
1: I didn't even see the the lore in the show notes. I gotta let go. Let me go back over there.
0: Yeah. So Matthew are... doesn't listen to the
2: Tower Talk. So did any of us actually go and listen to that? Oh, <laughs>
0: this is how um, unpopular lore is.
1: Well, I, I listened towel- to like the first half of it, and they were just sort of recapping the living story, which I'd already heard, and I figured that we weren't really going to get enough of a clue about. Uh, season two or whatever to really care about,
2: but was there? Was this an actual interview or was this just people talking?
0: I I honestly don't know. I didn't either. I mean, I can cut this out if this is like yeah nobody. Or I can leave it in. Was and... it
2: an interview or was it just a podcast?
1: You know, I mean, well, it was an interview with uh um uh, oh god what the it's the same it's the German um
2: uh, Martin oh Kirsten. Gosh
1: no 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 the like the their War main person of uh, yeah wartire thank you the main person that does their sort of like audio interviews uh, i mean i've listened to quite a few of them before um and so yeah mostly but it was more of the format of like why don't you tell us what happened in the living story and they basically just sort of went like patch to patch to patch and we're sort of just recapping the living story and what they were learning and they were sort of saying you know well this is our first chance that we saw what scarlet was up to you know for the patches before we knew that scarlet was there and so you know had, yeah i don't so know so it wasn't an it, interview it didn't really with catch an a net dev intent. well it was it was a net p it was um
0: uh the basically three of the writers see what i want to hear them talk about is what they've learned from the last living story so i know what to expect from the next one i don't want to expect the last one again that would i would not be okay with that
1: yeah and i don't think we're going to get the last one again but i as far as i was listening they didn't really talk about that it was mostly just recapping it if you maybe weren't paying attention or didn't log on or things like that
0: yeah so
1: okay so nothing like critical
0: but if if people don't really understand uh what happened during the last living story, they can uh we'll put this in the show notes there's a, a it's a reddit topic that links out to War towers. I believe this links out to War towers site and has the interview
1: uh yeah it um yeah i yeah, sorry, I'm a little bit unprepared, I guess, but uh it, yeah i mean I, I sort of tuned out after about halfway through, like they you know it was it was a lot of sort of it would be great if you haven't been paying attention, but I feel like most people that were playing the patches at all probably won't get a ton out of
0: it. Yeah, and yeah, you you dropped the ball. We I dropped the ball, especially. you. At least you went to the link. This is the problem, though. It's when it comes to lore. It's not that the lore is just god-awful. It's just it's really not the thing that interests most players right now because it hasn't really been well introduced to us. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about PvP and the life and reward track. <laughs> um, can I just go ahead
3: and say that uh, I hope they fix the back piece being sellable? really quickly. Oh, wow. Was that supposed to be like that? N- no. They've already said that it's a bug and they want to fix it, but, like, it, it's...
0: Yeah, they still have it. <laughs> okay. All right, so for PvP, let's talk about the uh, dungeon rewards track. Um, this has kind of been implemented so that PvPers can actually see the same kind of rewards that Dungeoneers tend to get as well. And I wouldn't go that far. It's a good way to
3: unlock the armor skins for sure. Much better than the way it used to be. But as far yeah, as consistency, money, the rewards you get from any of the reward tracks are kind of mediocre. That the whole like two greens and a
0: blue holds very true. And there's like a default reward track open for you when you go in, but you can also pick another one if you've done the story mode for that dungeon, is that correct? It rotates um, there will always be at least
3: one dungeon reward track sort of unlocked for a time being, and after a certain amount of time, it'll change.
0: Yeah.
3: And you can either unlock it by doing the story mode, and as soon as you do a story mode on any character, you unlock it for your account. Or you can okay, just wait so for it to come up on rotation, which is very similar to how, say, League rotates heroes.
0: And have people... like They forecasted the PvPers would be upset that they have to go do the story mode. Has that actually been the case by anyone's experience? Mm, From what I've seen,
3: not really. Uh, Because you only have to do it once. Most people have at least 180... And it's actually not that hard to level a character now using PvP because of the way they've changed the dailies and you get tomes of knowledge and whatnot. And if you're a hardcore PvPer and you really want to level, you can always go into Edge of the Mist, which is really great for leveling. Okay, so that's kind of been more or less a success, I would take. Oh, yeah. It. As far as like fixing rewards in PvP in general, they've, it's leaps and bounds better than the non-existent
0: system that <laughs> was before. Plus, they also have a new map, the Courtyard map, which um, uh, we've all discovered is mostly just for custom arenas. It's actually, But it seems yeah. like people are happy
3: with it. It's exclusively for custom arenas because of, uh, uh, it has no cap points.
2: There's a mixed response to it. Uh, the main issue there, since it is no, uh, no cap points, is it's just a team deathmatch. And it allows you, because it's custom arenas, to go be- from teams of, I think, 10v10 all the way down to like 3v3 and a lot of people have been saying that the game is best when you're less than 5 players on each team because otherwise it ends like it ends up being like they're calling it mini world versus world all you need is a door and uh, to to hit and it would be identical to trying to take a keep they say it's just you bunch up and you nuke each other down and it's move out of AOE's avoid AOE game rather than a actual one but when you get 3v3 they say that there's a lot more tactics there's a lot more your team has to be really on the ball and that sort of thing in order to maintain it so i think it's i think it's got some potential but i think they do need to set figure out like size per map and they did build the map small which i think is one of the key things there is i think they knew that they were going to it should be a 3v3 when they built it so i they're definitely going to be using it as a sort of learning experience to get better and figure out, okay, what do people actually like with maps?
3: Well, I think a large part of that is sort of solved itself because it's only in custom maps. So people will decide for themselves how many people they want per team and whatnot. And I'm almost positive that's exactly why they set it up the way it is now. And it's not part of like hot join rotation to have a team deathmatch
2: yeah, well, and it's so different than the current game modes that it would just be weird all of a sudden, oh, and now you're doing Team Deathmatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's, and that's always a problem with um certain, like, certain games when they, when they diversify game modes, you know, it's like, you, you have to work that into whether people even want to be able to, you know, switch between them and stuff like that.
0: All right, we don't have anything for Togo Soapbox, but I still want to uh, answer some questions for the nublets. So, uh, let's jump into this, Uh, Togo Soapbox, because I just said that twice. As a new player to Guild Wars... Aw, Togo, I just want to get through this already. Shut up! All right, so um, the question is, what are the benefits of playing each race? And in summary, the benefits of playing Char and Norn are that you are awesome and everything else is crap.
1: (laughs) And everybody hates you on jumping puzzles.
2: The other benefit of playing Char and Norn is that your internal organs actually have a place to go.
0: Uh, No kidding. Uh,
3: As someone who has recently made a second thief because I'm a masochist apparently and went from human to Norn, I can completely agree that being a Norn makes you awesome. Just because you're a Norn. And because yeah. I have chest hair and I show it off because I'm wearing cultural armor.
2: Speaking of uh, thieves and medium armor classes, didn't they just add a non-butt cape armor to the gem store?
3: Nope, still has a Yes, cape. they did. It still has a Wait, butt cape. are you sure?
1: Uh, Maybe for not sure for those. both genders. I think the one that I previewed it on doesn't. Are you female?
3: Yes. Then that is why, because I only play male characters.
1: Well, so at least it's halfway there doesn't count all right full equality yeah i mean i'd love equality for, yeah. in
3: butt capes
1: yeah i mean that goes both ways too like on that uh heavy armor what was it phalanx armor that we had that was so that, ridiculous. Uh, yeah it was like it was so amazing for males and for females it was like some people like it but it's nowhere near the same aesthetic and that was the bigger problem
0: wasn't it just like a really small potato sack that they like threw over her <laughs> I guess there was no belt, there was no it was, I don't know, it looked like it just threw freaking burlap sack I, on somebody. I, I
1: if I'm recalling the right one, it like had a really big yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it was it was like a lot of skin showing in like weird ways and yeah, it was it was very odd.
0: Well it's not Orion hmm. Armor, at least. That's true. But um for, uh, pfft, huh. Speaking of uh, Orion Armor though,
3: have you seen the cosplay for it just completely off topic? No. It, it's it's funny because that lady had to do so many changes to the actual armor in order to just be able to put it on her body,
0: yeah, it's I could not even see how well, you mean she yeah. had to actually add clothing basically basically like the whole
3: boob grab thing, yeah, she's gonna do that, obviously, I'm
0: sure they'd be helpful in battle though someone could punch it and it like just put a divot right around the whole boob. <laughs> Like that ring when you sit on the pot for too long. Anyway, to answer the question uh, seriously, though, for people that are wondering about the races, um, there are no real benefits. There are small little things you could hint at, like if you're a Norn, the um, the racial elites, you can turn into a leopard or a bear, and you actually get something like what you get with the fiery great sword, where you can rush and do tons of damage. But the cooldown on it is so ridiculous that you'll probably not use them anyway. Uh, but they're fun toys, at least where the others don't really have much. Good um, flavor. Being a human. Yeah, and being a human, you get access to a new heal skill, which is actually pretty awesome. Some people like to use it, as well as the Hounds of Balthazar. I was going to say, Hounds are pretty others? good.
3: Hounds are probably the strongest racial elite.
0: Yeah, in Worldly World, yeah, in worldly worldly
3: world they're
2: actually good. I have actually used the Lyssa R- Lissa one because of the really quite fast cooldown and the fact that you can get some boons that you don't normally have access to on a Necro, along with it gets the condition buffs.
0: But in here, we see no reason to roll Azura. Is that correct? Correct. I, if uh, you don't
3: you. If you're a mesmer in World of, and maybe doesn't Azura
2: get access to uh, confusion? Yeah,
3: World well, of the World so, is, it has a place, but like not really.
2: Necros can use it to get access to basically all of the conditions. I will say, uh, speaking to the aesthetics, the Silvari have, I would
1: say, by far the biggest amount of. Like different looks that you can get because of the fact that since they're supposed to be plants, they don't necessarily have to have a uniform look to them, and so you can have a much wider variety of skin colors, hair colors, like hair... Hair designs that are way crazier looking. You get a glow color that you get to customize. Like, that's the main draw for Silvari for me is that you can make a dozen characters that look completely different. I, I have one other Silvari, thing they...
3: and it is based off of the gods in Game of Thrones, like the old
0: gods. Yep. Oh, that's cool. The other thing I like about the Silvari is that they actually run um, correctly. This is another one of Ryan nitpicking at a thing, but. If you ever watch characters run and the way they run, if you are a runner and you know what good running form looks like, humans suck at it. Like, if you actually ran like that, you would fall on your face. Their center of gravity is probably about eight meters ahead of them. There's no reason for it. It's ridiculous. Where when the Silvari run, they're a little sloppy about it, but that's kind of what you do after you've run like two or three miles, so good on them. And then uh, you can excuse everybody else. I mean, who's to say that, you know, big silverback Norn guy... He's going to run however he wants. uh The females are basically large women and they have good form. And then the um, Asura, you know, they're they're Asura.
3: Asura just bounce yes, everywhere. I, I they have bouncing pads under their feet and that's how they actually move.
2: They're not actually Azura, they're gummy bears. Exactly. I do have to say that I really like that
1: Char actually bound on all fours when you get into your speed running mode. Yep. I think that's a nice touch. Although it's super awkward for things like jumping puzzles.
0: Yes, I was just going to say when you go into CoE and you got to jump those lasers, good lord, that's what—that's where you just uh, jump backwards. Or you can take
3: out jump your sideways
0: weapons. Yeah, that works too. Um, so really, I mean, pick your race based upon what you like the look of most, or if you're big on stories, um, I've I found the Char story to be the best one because it, it's a little less generic. You know, they're they're kind of a, a mean race. They're kind of rowdy so you don't have this quintessential good guy you know when you roll a human the guy's just good through and through good you can't change anything about that um and with the norn they're kind of just tough badasses but um they're still kind of quintessentially good as well so for story's sake i guess you might consider char just to have something a little more anti-hero-ish
2: if you're a big fan of sith and swotor which really weren't sith
0: no they weren't (laughs) The the NPCs you interacted with were, but you had to try really hard to kind of fit the Sith mold.
3: Yeah, you did. I think that was intentional. But this
2: is not a SWTOR podcast. I feel, yeah, it was. It's because it's like, well, no one actually wants to play a bad guy. So every Sith is like, we're full light side. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness.
3: And
0: it's speaking so yeah, of like, personality anyway. things in video games. Oh, you're right. Oh, the personality meter is gone in your hero panel? Yeah uh what's up with that i think they're just getting rid of it for now I, I, i'm sure all the assets are still in the back end <laughs> so, i think it's
1: never coming back i but i
0: really sh- think that it's something that they yeah nice um
1: i think it's really something that they originally planned on doing and it just got scrapped and it's one of those projects that really isn't going to add that much at this point in the game and it's just not going to be worth their development resources to actually take advantage of it and I just, I don't think it's coming back. I think it's just gone.
0: Well, if we get more than five man instances or one of those uh, elusive, uh, what were they called in that other game? I think they were called campaigns. If we get those, I won't care. <laughs> or elite areas.
3: Well, that's You know, a thing.
0: Yes. Yeah, basically that's what I want for the more than five man content. Elite areas. Yeah.
2: Speaking yeah, of which, have you guys seen the adventure zones or the stuff on adventure zones in ESO?
3: I no. haven't followed ESO at nope. all because I'm fairly positive that the game is gonna be a flop. Yep, yep, yep. So it's
2: basically there are it's designed for a party of a one a single person party, but then there are events that go off in the zone that are designed for full like I think it's like full raid groups of like four parties. And oh. it looks quite interesting because it's it's got a lot of dynamic event type things like in Guild Wars 2. Uh, and just a lot of, and there's randomization. Bosses can be randomized and that sort of thing. So you're not always like hitting the same, like you can go into the zone again and it'll be a little bit different.
0: I think I see where you're headed with this. I would still prefer instanced with my guild, but I would prefer what you're talking about over going into Sparkfly where there's like, all sorts of different things going on. And then there's just a certain area where all the people got to amass to do that one really high-level raid type thing. Yeah. I
1: would, And I would just love to be able to, like, go back to the underworld with, like, a 15-man group. Mm-hmm. Or even a 10-man. I mean, just anything bigger than 5.
2: I believe that it is actually instance zones from everything I'm seeing. So oh, it's like geez, they built yeah. a zone, but you have to go in with a party.
0: Okay, so that's a lot like the uh, the old elite areas then, because you'd get your group together, go in, and you didn't have to go do this boss, then that boss. Instead, you could go any direction and just start where yeah. you wanted. That really reminds me of Sorrow's uh,
3: Furnace. Like, imagine if they school.
2: designed. Imagine if uh, South Sun had been designed with that element. Oh, yes, just yes.
0: All right, so all of our votes are obviously toward that arena. There's no reason to not be making this, and you have exactly uh a week. Okay, so we're going to move into pro tip sauce.
2: Um can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the
0: things? Excellent. Let the people have their pro tip sauce. And that shaman, if you don't know who that shaman is, this guy is awesome. He's been the guy who data mined all the stuff for all the previous patches and gave us clues on what was coming up. And now he's come out with a, an app that you can install that will actually help you better time your world bosses and if you need Dragonite or I imagine you're going to want this. Uh, d-
1: Yeah, that doesn't... Unfortunately, it still doesn't help with the temples, right?
0: I don't think Not so, really. No. Temples,
3: I've... I've been looking around to, like, find actual timers for temples, and every time I've tried to, like, actually use one, they've always been completely wrong.
1: Yeah, you can't do it because of how the mega ser- servers mm-hmm. work. Like the best you could get is like maybe a heuristic that looks at them and says like on average there's one running right now and maybe you'll get lucky but
3: yeah it's not really a on thing on the plus side though because of the mega servers the events in or tend to just run continuously so as long as you join the champ train quote quote eventually you'll hit one of the major temples and they spawn pretty consistently. I mean, both the times when I went to go get the High Risen Wizard, I sat in that camp maybe 15 minutes before it spawned. And maybe I was lucky, maybe I wasn't. But, I mean, it's not too much of a big deal.
1: Uh, I'm going to say my pro tip is to find somebody that's lucky with the Mystic Forge and throw all your exotics at them to do it for you. I know, right? And do yeah. not run
0: fractals with me if you want gear.
1: Isn't or that just for, for you to get gear and for counter. us to get man- angry?
0: <laughs> yeah, if if I go in, I'm the one that gets the gear, if anybody's getting it, so I've kind of, like, not been doing fractals lately. Okay, so, oh, we don't have spirit here. Does anybody you know how to do the cast-cast thing? Oh, man, we I, need to make that into a bumper. I can try.
3: <laughs> if someone types it uh, I it. it. You
0: probably do it, Eevee. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, I could do it <laughs> if I had words. <laughs> All right, it's time for cast cast. The cast, the podcast. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just with you now. <laughs> the podcast about podcasts and the style of other podcasts. This week on Cast Cast, Ryan will take over from now. Uh, I'm gonna yes. give you
2: like I think we should rate that. Like I'm gonna give you maybe a three
1: out of five. All right, I can do my I can do my attempt at it too. Welcome All to right. Cast Cast, the cast about other casts within the podcast done by the cast of this cast to talk about or in the style of other podcasts. This week on pod or on Cast Cast. Now, oh, so I stumbled man. there.
0: Yeah, a couple stumbles pretty good, though. Mm, That was good. Did you dig it up? Did you find it somewhere?
1: No, I just, off the top of my head, that's about what I remember it being.
2: I just remember that cast is said, like, 40 million times. So, as long as you just basically sit down, you're like, cast, 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 we're casting in the style of other podcasts in this cast. Yeah, the podcast about other podcasts. In the style of those podcasts? Welcome to cast. I don't know. All right. So, anyway, we're in the cast, cast section.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> the European Tournament of Legends. Um, so we've all got to talk like Europeans, and obviously we're all not very, um, you know, we're all stateside. side. stop. To stop. What, now, ho? Keep it up. Eric, let's go. What, what? What, what, cheerio.
2: Pit, pit. Blood, Jolly pudding. good, fellow.
0: All right, we're making Evie mad. We're probably also making <laughs> Europeans mad in general. So just stop. Uh This is actually, uh, the show notes will link out to this, and it's actually going to a a guildwars2.com page, but it's about a Guild Wars 2 Twitch channel in which they'll be uh, twitching about this European Tournament of Legends.
1: And I was actually watching it before the show started. I believe it's still going on. Uh, They are actually giving away uh, gems and precursors and... um oh uh llama pvp finishers or like llama finishers to the people in the chat so they are actually bribing you to watch
2: before the show's over i gotta go do that okay let me let me let me check something (laughs) really quick though uh so llama finishers that's a new model isn't it there's no llamas in the game
3: well most of the finishers have been like new models ish kind of things
2: Hell, no, like the Spectral one just used a guy with a sword that does the Mesmer uh sword-stabby animation. That's the only one that's really different. I mean, Golem's Finisher was just summoning a golem that's already in-game. Super Adventure Box Atom Bomb. Okay.
1: There's definitely a, quite a few that are sort of like gimmicky ones that a lot of people don't necessarily use, but are kind of unique models or animations. Okay, so the I'm gonna Dancing say that it's Llama... An ode to, I'm going to say it's an ode to Purple Llama. Who is Purple Llama? She is, uh, pretty awesome. She, she is, have you ever seen, uh, the picture from, uh, Guild Wars that when somebody actually made them a real-life char, like, like, stuffed model figure thing? What? Yeah, like, she, like, she made, she, like, sewed together and put together, like, a, like, a, uh, probably not quite life-size, but, you know, like, six or seven foot tall char, and she sent it to arena net and she's, she's made them a bunch of things. And so they're sort she's uh, she's sort of one of their, like she, she just makes them guild wars, merchandise and paraphernalia. And a lot of it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw it at PAX. Like it was, that was the year that she had it and I actually met her. I've actually met her at PAX, I think three or four times she's usually there. And um, yeah, I saw, I saw the giant char. Um, I can maybe find a picture of it. It's really cool.
3: It's amazing for,
1: you know, like basically an amateur, you know, amateur work
3: making something like that. It's really you neat. I don't know she's an amateur. She might do that professionally.
1: Pretty sure she doesn't, but she's very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she actually, I believe there was an NPC that was named after her in Guild Wars 1. I don't oh, remember wow. where, though. She's been doing this for a while, then. Why not? Oh, yeah, her? it was for Guild Wars 1. The char was way back then, like like five five years ago or something, or maybe even longer ago than that now.
0: Hmm, okay, so um, how long is that going to be going on for? So they
1: haven't. So they haven't done the NA yet. If that's if yeah. It's
0: on the third and the fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: that was that was the main question for me. I'm almost positive they said that the finals were tomorrow when I was on the stream, and I haven't been super watching it because I don't. I mean, sorry, no offense, Guild Wars, but I don't find watching the PVP to be that engaging um, right. compared to other esports, and so I just have kind of tuned out of it.
0: Um, but. Yeah, so stay tuned to that. You can uh, watch the American, the North American version of it on the 3rd and the 4th. We should give it a different name um, for our tournament, though, just like we did with soccer and football.
2: <laughs>
0: we could call it the Guild Wars 2 Hand Egg.
2: Yes, that sounds amazing.
0: I That's would watch would that. Wait, no, no, I wouldn't.
3: Didn't mm-hmm. ArenaNet have a team of sorts for, like, a thing in Seattle? I can't remember. Was it softball? Oh, they have. Oh, uh, they I know
2: have a they've got a soccer team. team. Yeah, Martin Kirstein uh, tweets about it
0: and
2: relatively how he's regularly. An old man and gets injured. Yes, <laughs> we know all about his injury schedule and whether or not he's in for the season.
0: And Matt Medina is always getting hurt because he's running around there barefoot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <Barefoot laughs> he's, he's,
0: the, he's all. He's all about uh, barefoot running. I am too, but I use the Vibrams. So that's not but, really um,
2: barefoot running. Like that doesn't count.
0: Uh, the The reason you do it is because it's you're you're running on the balls of your feet, so it kind of like gets your calves to stop being atrophied, which is what your normal shoes do it's a It's a long conversation to be had, but yeah, if you're a runner, check out Vibram five fingers or barefoot running in general. It actually makes a lot of sense just trying to get in Matt's good graces here also though in regard to arena net and sports uh before the last super Bowl, i just i hate you guys, and that's all. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I do have to say I like the uh, the armor and stuff that they the images that they made with Char in like full football Yeah, I that
0: was
1: fantastic.
0: Yeah, don't say their name. The name of that other team. The huh? Better. <gasps>
2: hey, man, local pride, local
1: pride, Those man.
0: Humiliated us.
2: That was pretty rough. Like that was brutal.
0: Yeah, kind of. So, was. so I heard that this is
3: by guess about Guild Wars Two. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, we're yeah, talking we're, about we're Arena the
2: Net's end, right? football team.
1: In the cast of other <laughs> casts about
2: other sports and other yeah. games,
1: this is like Trader Arcade at this point. This is what happens to Cast Cast when when the spirit isn't here is we just True. talk
0: about everything else and we yeah. and we botch the Cast Cast intro. It's great. So um, yeah, I guess that that does it for this. Um, if you want to get hold of us, so we want to take calls from you guys. Um, I forgot to play it here, but we got a, got a call from Captain Martin Long, I think. Um, we, we want more calls from people though. So we've, I don't think our phone line works anymore, but if you just send in MP3s, that'd be great. Or you can just email us. This is at relicsofor, O-R-R at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us. Uh, we're relicsofor on Twitter, just no spaces. Um, there are other venues too. We're also on Facebook. We're on steam. So get hold of us any way you want in game. If you want to join the guild, go ahead and message me in game. That's Cole, C-O-E-H-L, or anexi or shonguku or spirit face or <laughs> christian sea squirrel run shoot, uh, me an just email. Tell
2: shoot me a yeah. mail in game don't message me i will Get not it on see forums.
0: it oh and if you're in our guild and you haven't been under mumble you should really use our mumble. it's, it's a lot of fun and uh, aside from that i guess uh, should we just jump into wheel of morality
2: i don't see any reason not to
0: i will not throw justin under the bus today because during the course of this episode i came up with one
1: Oh, that's excellent. This is my favorite. This is my favorite wheel of morality because I don't have to do it.
0: yeah, I felt bad about that last week because I was like I had one and I'd like written it down and I lost it, and I still haven't found it. I think I wrote it in the old show notes and deleted it at one point or something, but anyway, so uh wheel of morality. no someone else do it since I'm answering it.
2: Wheel of morality turn turn turn. tell us the lesson that we should learn. Ryan
0: in this game, your personality still exists in assets within the back end <laughs> <laughs> oh my
3: god <laughs> hey is this
0: the uh some looks more podcast this is captain martin long uh, i was calling in because i heard rumor that we are gonna be losing that uh well we we're gonna be losing eric <clears throat> oh, balls. and i just want to say uh, that's the sad state of affairs to hear about that uh, he kind of kept this ship afloat, and we all thought it was going to hell in a handbasket, and uh, here it is. So, pretty sure uh, we're all going to die. I want you to know we appreciate it, man. Uh, sad to see you go, and I might cry. So, bye.
2: What's up, people? Should I actually, like, try and eat my microphone and talk deeply when I do that? Alright, I'll get around to it. Murder, burger, burger. Filtered, for the internet. Use Vanilla shepherd. Does that mean that he's white or that he's a rat? He decided to do the women of Tyria a favor, and uh, not run, apparently. At least, that's what he said. I personally think that Evie's theory beforehand is accurate. She's actually marrying Lord Farron, um, uh, because <laughs> he got her pregnant out of wedlock. Um, uh, It turns out that Logan and Anise are actually in love, and Ritlock is the third wheel there. Oh my goodness, so now we are moving on to In Dub V Dub Step with Devin Carter. I named that section. I'm super proud of that. They have already animated the Shatner in in Lion's Arch, so, you know everyone will be like, oh, they're starting the Dragon Bash again. Look, it's the- that is really an amazing hall of oh crap! And then like 30,000 people die because they're waiting to see the fireworks show. So so they're still worth killing. That would be amazing. <laughs> I want Alphabet Soup Scepter to drop. Maybe the player character is there and gets accused of it. And then the other two orders say, oh my goodness, your person killed Traherne clearly you guys are evil and are trying to manipulate the situation then you have to actually uh resolve it and there's yeah war of the orders there we go
1: what if Traheron just goes nightmare style and you have to kill him because he's evil
2: Foulane seduces trahirn snaf is probably still inside of krautoric's head he's not dead what what raven's theory he was he was connected to krautoric's head when to krautoric's mind when his body was killed but his brain was in krautoric's head Snap isn't dead, guys. When we kill Kralkatorik, Snap is going to reassert control. You really need to find your
0: tinfoil hat when you say that stuff.
2: Are going to put the Yak Slapper back in through this? I really hope so,
0: Yak Slapper. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I'm going to go to Or, and there is a select list that I have written down, because I'm a crazy person, of champions who have wronged me in the past. There's the Priestess of Lissa, who stands in that, you know, that one... That skill point in the Can north. I
3: interject for just a moment? I can't believe you have a
2: hit. Okay. Healing Springs is like like having a pond in your backyard. You don't really notice okay. it until you fall into it. Uh-huh. Uh, so as you're walking by, your character just sort of looks at it, opens it because you, they have head tracking too. They look at it, their jaw opens, and a Pop-Tart just shoots into their mouth. And then they go by. And, <laughs> nom, 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 nom. and there we go. That is how you, that's how Ascended okay. Cooking works. You don't even, you just look at it and you're like, Ah. It's not really much of a bar brawl. We're pretty much just sitting there with our mugs going, do guild HALLS! I, I thought you were about to say MECRO, which is like a metro necro. You heard it here at Relics of War first. The final boss of Guild Wars 2, before we move to Guild Wars 3 Charmageddon, which is a third-person shooter, cover-based shooter, which I've talked about before, is uh, is Puala Joko. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's not happening. I'm Anyways. i Man, pff, forget this. Relics of War or- done. We're creating an S-G-E-M-U
0: show.